Get ready to jumpstart your scientific career with practical advice on being a successful and contented scientist. Each episode of the Happy Scientist podcast delivers hands-on, actionable steps you can take to ensure you stay happy, focused, and satisfied in the lab. Available on all popular podcast platforms, hit the subscribe button and start your journey towards a more fulfilling scientific career. Hello and welcome to the Happy Scientist podcast. And today, this is live on Bite Size Bio. This is the place to be if you want to become a happier, healthier, and more productive scientist. I'm Nick Oswald, the founder of bitesizebio.com. And today, we will be drawing on the immense wisdom of Mr. Kenneth Vogt, my friend, mentor, and the founder of the executive coaching company, Vera Claritas. Now, not a lot of people know this, but Ken's unofficial name within the Bite Size Bio team is Yoda. Not because he's short and green, well, he isn't green at least, but because of his tireless, tireless and wise work in helping us with performance, personal sanity, and keeping focused on the goal of serving the scientific community. Today, and in all other Happy Scientist podcast episodes, you get to benefit from Ken's words of wisdom to help you increase your performance, enjoyment, and success in the lab. Today, we bring you the first in a three-part live series called Jump Starting Your Career as a Happy Scientist. And in this installment, we'll be discussing what constitutes a happy scientist. Since this is a live session, we can take your questions and discuss them as part of the show. You can enter those using the questions box that should be visible to the left of or below your presentation window. And also be sure to check out our downloads page where you can find out lots, find lots of downloadable goodies and a competition to win a very rare Happy Scientist t-shirt. The downloads page link is right below the questions box. So without further ado, let's bring in the man himself. How are you today, Yoda? I mean, Ken. <laughs> I'm doing good, Nick. Thanks for the, for the friendly intro. And I just want everybody to know I'm not green. <laughs> <laughs> Not so, <laughs> it's, it's funny. Um, here we are close to the, you know, this is almost the 40th episode of The Happy Scientist, but never before have we directly addressed this question, what actually constitutes a happy scientist? Now, I know in, in your intro, Nick, you, you do make a brief comment on what it means to be a happy scientist, but today we're going to really dig into it and really pick apart what it means to be happy. Because, frankly, there's a lot of people out there that don't know what it means to be happy. And, and sometimes it's because we're like, you know, I, I don't know if I should be concerned about that. Or I don't even know if I'm allowed to be concerned about that. But here we are. We have this, this, this lovely slide. We don't normally get to have slides. So I got something visual to look at. And it says the happy scientist. And then there's this lovely lady there that I just want to meet. I don't know who she is, but I, she just looks like a happy scientist. And I... And I hope she will be the uh, she will be the model for what 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 you're looking for in your career. And we're going to talk about this piece by piece on on what what constitutes a happy scientist. And first is you know it's going to be about definition. What is it? Well, then of course once you figured out what it is, well how do we get there? So and Nick, if we could advance to the next slide because we're gonna we're gonna go through the 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 first section about this is what do you want? Now, that's a question that many of you have probably never asked or haven't asked recently. 
and certainly haven't asked about your career or haven't asked about your time in the lab or or your time in university um, but what you want really matters it's it's a big deal and in some ways we've been taught to to not pay attention to what we want that we should put that aside it's selfish it's narcissistic you know it's it's not what adults do you know but that's not true we are human and we have needs and they have to be satisfied and it's really important that we are clear about what it is that we personally want so let's go to that next slide and we'll, we'll talk about the first thing that you might be thinking about when it comes to what you want you have worked hard to have a domain of proficiency there are some things now you know about that in some cases you're one of the few people in the world that knows about it or at least you're in a in a relatively small group that is really deeply into something i mean that's kind of what getting a phd is all about right <laughs> but whatever that is now that you've made all that effort of course that's the that's where you want to be you want to take that and use it in your career and in your time as a scientist now nick and, and i have both talked about how there's lots of paths that you can take in being a scientist and of course being at the bench is is one of those paths and, and perhaps it's the primary path but it's it's not the only one that can align with your domain of proficiency that is that where you can take the thing that you've the skill that you've bothered to gain that you've put in so much effort to have and you can actually put it into practice and you can actually make a difference in in what you're doing or in what is needed in in whatever ever group or company or university that you're working with so you know it's really it is important to think about your domain of proficiency now there is sometimes a point that you can reach in your life and you realize you know what I've really deeply examined this domain and I don't want to be in this. <laughs> I want to do something different. That's a perfectly fine choice. But at that point, again, you're making it, you're making a choice about your alignment of what do I want to do? Do I want to do it with this or do I explicitly not want to do it with this? Either one is a fine choice and either one is going to matter if you're going to be happy as a scientist. So if you've decided, you know, Nick, now, I'm going to pick on Nick. You know, Nick's got his PhD, uh, something to do with slime mold. I, I just, I, I can't really uh, expand on it beyond that. Neither can I. Uh, I don't know about Nick, but I mean, at some point, I think I might have been looking at that going, slime mold. Wow, is that really what I want to make my life about? And, <laughs> you know, and some people, the answer is, oh, yes, that is exactly what I want to make my life about. But in, in Nick's case, he shifted gears and he started doing something quite different than, than where he started with that. I, I think that, Ken, that this is a, actually one other sort of angle on this, is mm -hmm. that it's really easy to, you know, when you jump on the train, and this is what I always, you know, say when, you, you know, now that we're focusing on careers more than um, more than anything in this uh, this section, when I talk about careers, it's, I always look at the, you know, it's so easy to jump on the, the train of, you know, a career in science where you, you go to undergrads, you do a PhD and the thing just keeps going. If you don't jump off to go somewhere else, it goes in a, in a direction and you have to make sure if you want to stay on that train, whether you want to stay on that train. So again, for me, it was, it wasn't so much the slime molds. It was, uh, it was, I was using a certain set of tools to study slime molds and um, I could, and in fact, I did for a while use those, that, that set of tools to, um, or set of skills to study other things. But it, it was more 
It's more what, what, where do you want to be? A lot of the time you can, for me anyway, I found that it was that you make the decision at school or at university or whatever that you, uh, at school as in, you know, um, before university or before college, that you want to be a scientist. And unless you have to keep re-examining that, that do you want to be at the bench? Are you happy? Uh, or do you want to be wherever you are? You know, it's, it was wherever you are in life. Um, and of course, this is not the kind of thing that you need to re-examine on a daily basis. Um, by the same token, there's nothing wrong with checking in with yourself every once in a while and yeah. seeing if you're still on the track you want to be on. Because, you know, there's, it's a long track. And, to, you know, depending on where you are in your career, there may, may still be many years or decades ahead. And, and things will change. Sure, the world's going to change during that time. And, the, you know, the body, of, the body of knowledge will change during that time. So you may well choose to shift gears. But the point is, is to be present to it, to be aware of it, and to be thinking about this. If what, whatever your domain of proficiency is, it could shift to something completely different. You know, I mean, my background is computer science, but I don't, I haven't, I haven't written any code in a long, long time. Um, you know, so I, I shifted out of my own domain of proficiency and I was proficient at it, but there, there are other things in the world. So, you know, and I, of course I know people that are, I know people that are older than me that are still coding. So <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with staying on that track if you find it, it's working for you. All right, so let's move to the, to the next point then. Next, next slide. So then another area, and this is a thing that, that Bite Size Bio explicitly was built to deal with. And this was something that wasn't obvious to me as a non-bench-based scientist at the beginning. Because for me, domain of proficiency and technical expertise were interchangeable but they're not interchangeable. And, you know, Nick really made that clear to me that you, you learn a bunch of things in university about science, but what do you learn about actually doing science? What do you learn about actually working in a lab? And so Bite Size Bio got created so that people could develop their technical expertise, so that they could use that equipment properly and get the most out of it and understand what they were doing. Because it's not automatic. You know, for, for those of us looking from the outside in, of course, all you biologists are microscopy experts. And of course, I'm sure there are many biologists that are laughing right now because you know that's not true. Um, it's not automatic. And so you have to develop your technical expertise and you want to have your career aligned with that. You want to be doing things that, where you're getting to use the, you know, the equipment and the methods that you really understand and that you really, that you really, uh, really like and really respect. And by the same token that, um, yeah, we're back. <laughs> by the same token, you, you, you may find yourself in this position where I want to be in a field where I have a chance to develop that technical expertise. Maybe I'm tired of washing pipettes. Maybe I want to do something different. Maybe I really want to dig into, to, you know, whatever it might be. I want to get into flow cytometry. I want to, I want to work more closely with PCR. I, you know, I, and again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not the bioscientist here, you know, Nick can speak to that specifically, but, but the point is, is that technical expertise is going to be an important part of your career and aligning it with something you like doing and that you enjoy and that you find fulfilling um, and that, you know, that is worthwhile to you. I mean, if you find certain tasks just to be, just to be unsettling and you don't want to do them, 
well, you know, it's going to wear on you after a while. And of course, you know, that's the, the nature of life science. You are working with living things. And some folks can work with certain living things and some folks can't and not, not in, enjoy their life. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you find that, well, this is a bridge too far for me. I just can't do this. Well, then make a shift. On the other hand, if you find, hey, I can do this, I want to do this, you know, full steam ahead, do what you, do what you can and, and make it work for you. But, you know, you, you have to go out of your way to be looking for technical expertise often after university because you probably didn't get as much there as you really are going to need to have in the real world. So technical expertise is going to become a big part of your world and you're going to keep coming back to it and you're going to keep looking for more. And so, you know, research like bitesizebio.com is, is useful. You, know, you, can, you can learn about techniques, you can learn about methods that are, that are things that are being used right now and are live and they're being taught by people that actually hands-on do it themselves. So, I don't know, this sounds a little bit like, a, like an advertisement for bite-sized bio, but that's not, not no, the main point. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, though, because it actually... Um, you know, there, you can be, you know, if you're, you know, considering if you're staying at the bench, um, if you're staying in research, uh, then there's actually two ways to go. Uh, if you look at the Microscopists podcast or the Flow Stars podcast on Bite Size, we're doing deep interviews with people who are wedded to a technique, you know, that are deeply into a technique and using that to study lots of different things or helping other people to study lots of things. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one way to go, and that's kind of what you're talking about here. You can also be um, an expert in a system that's being studied and applying different tech, you know, and you, then you speak to the microscopist, the microscopy experts to help you and so on. It's become increasingly um, siloed like that, I think. Um, uh, but yeah, it's two different ways. That's to me, two different ways that you can, that you can be happy at the bench. If you want to be a microscopy expert or a, a tech, an expert in a given technique, then that's one angle. Um, there's the, an expert in, a, in studying a, in a system being studied, that's the other angle. And then there's lots of sort of uh, um, shades in between. Right. And it, it's, it's pretty cool that there are silos like that you can choose. You, yep. you know, you've got options and, you know, science is a big, big, big world. So there's all kinds of possibilities for you. All right, so let's uh, let's move to the next slide then. And I love that picture. I didn't pick this picture out, but I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> Obviously, you're doing this for a living. You you do want to get fairly compensated because you know you have you have a, a life beyond your time at the bench and beyond at the lab. And there are things that you want in your in your life, and there are things you want for your family. And you want to make sure you're getting what's fair. Now, I realize there are some choices you can make in science that probably just don't pay that much. And you might very willingly choose that because that's what you want to be doing. And, or that's, that's where your passion is. And, you, and, you're, and you're, welcome, you're, you're welcome to go that path. But there are other things where you definitely can, you can make a decent living at it. And there's nothing to stop you from making what is, what is the market rate out there. So... You know, don't sell yourself short that like, well, you know, I'm a scientist and I'm not a businessman. Um, you know, it, it's still business and, and you should get what you're worth and, and don't sell yourself short. So um, 
I, I hear you in the background there, Nick. Is there anything you wanted to comment? Yeah, I'm I just thinking that in my experience, a lot of people kind of resign themselves. It's kind of, I, I just, my first reaction to that photo when I saw it was, yeah, there's going to be lots of scientists looking at that going, yeah, that, that we're talking about a different league of compensation here. And in some ways we, we are, but um, there are plenty of scientists out there that make very good livings. And it doesn't, you know, as you say, it, it's not, uh, you don't have to be confined to um, a certain pay structure if you don't want to be. Um, it just takes some exploration, finding yourself, you know, um, you know, getting yourself into niches and consultancies and expertise and stuff like that, that the sky is the limit if that is what drives you. Sure. If and that's what makes you happy. And that's what we're, that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm not recommending this. That's not my point. My point isn't that, it's oh, possible. you should go out and get as much money as you can. Yep. If money isn't the main driver for you, that is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. You know, but make sure you get what's fair for yourself. If money is an important driver to you, well, maybe you should be, you know, you should be in a startup. Maybe you should be getting stock options. Maybe, maybe you should be taking more risks. And and that's part of part of the game. Because here's the thing: there aren't that many of you who are qualified to take those positions. And yeah, they they are riskier positions, but they can be quite they can be quite fulfilling and quite amazing. And even when something doesn't work out, um, it may be the thing that happens before the thing that works out. So maybe you do, maybe you're young and you got up and you don't have a lot of obligations and you're willing to take a chance on a startup and you go do it for a couple of years and it doesn't go anywhere. Fine. You've put something on your resume and maybe the next thing works better. Maybe you take a position that's a little more stable next time or, may, or maybe not. Maybe you feel like, okay, I've learned some things and now I'm ready to do this right. Well, you know, look at your options and, and, Decide what really matters to you. Again, you could do a whole you could do a whole show about this. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's like anything in life. If you want to make money from, if your goal is to make money from it, yeah. is to make, where can you place your skills to be of the most value? And so you could, as you say, one way to do that is to um, is to bet on essentially on putting your uh, your skills into a startup or a company that you think is going to be fast fast growth. Yeah. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're going into industry, then that in academia, though, there's there's plenty of opportunities to become a, a world expert on a uh, on a certain. Uh, it's funny that that split between, and this is my view of it, and I I, I don't have you know, my what I see from the outside of academia. I'm not, I don't have huge experience in academia, but from what I see, um, looking in, it looks to me like the um, the divide is mostly. Uh, for people in academia, the, the ones who are the, the people who are experts on a system that's being studied are not the people who make big bucks. It's the ones who become extremely proficient in a, or world experts in a technique. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe that's not true. That's just my, uh, that's my uh, viewpoint. But it is, it is possible to make yourself extremely valuable um, by, uh, by gaining expertise. Right. And, and by the way, compensation is just one way of measuring this. Maybe what you really, really care about is security. And maybe you want to secure compensation. You want to work at a place where you know you're going to retire from there with a gold watch. You know, whether that's a university or a company, it doesn't matter. But, you know, you may choose that path. And that's a perfectly acceptable choice if that's what matters to you. 
or it might be that you want more freedom you want more quotes artistic freedom in a way you know yeah. then then uh then you set up you know a lab and and work in that and you're more of your own boss in there and you know depending on the what you're working on um that could lead to uh, extracurricular opportunities that that increase the wealth but if not then you know it might not be but it might be that you are more drawn towards that i want to be the the master of my own direction type mm -hmm. approach and there there are some folks at, at bite size bio that I, I won't call out names but but they've taken their expertise and used it to make sure they have a paycheck basically but then they are pursuing their avocation as the yep. thing that's most important in their lives that isn't even part of science that's a perfectly fair choice you can do that and the, the, you're probably noticing a theme here throughout this i'm i'm in i'm admonishing you to make choices about these things figure out what matters to you what's important to you because that's how you're going to be happy when you look at these various areas and decide well this is the part that's important to me and whether it's i want freedom or i want cash or i want prestige you know fine figure out what you want yep. all right so let's go to the next thing we should be figuring out what we, what we want next slide okay maybe you really care about being recognized for your contributions you know there are obviously there are are awards and and rewards out in the world there's recognition there are you know there's speaking opportunities there's there's writing opportunities there's ways to get your name out in the world and if that really matters to you we'll be looking for that in your career you know you could be in a uh in a position where man you you know every day you head down to the basement and nobody even knows you're there you know <laughs> um on the other hand it could be something where where your your name is on a lot of people's lips and and that's how you'd like it to be and that's fine and, and it goes either way maybe you don't want recognition maybe you prefer to work in the shadows and that's completely fine too but recognize what it is you care about and then figure out what to do with it now even if you're that person who's a little more reticent and a little quieter about things everybody ultimately still cares about being appreciated so you may maybe the recognition you need was going to be from a um, from a good boss you know uh a, you know working for a, a pi that you really respect or uh, or a professor you know um that that might be all you need and for others you need to see your name in the paper you know <laughs> uh you know whatever whatever that means to you get it make sure that you're getting that in your career uh, as a as a part of your career and granted your career is just a piece of your life and maybe you're getting recognition at home or from your friends or from from your football club or whatever else you're doing but um make sure that you're getting all the appropriate recognition that you need from your career so that you can be happy as a scientist so you know that's another thing about this we're this we're talking about being a happy scientist but it's also about being happy as a scientist because you know you could be a happy person who incidentally is a scientist um but i'm i'm really admonishing you to be happy as a scientist have this be part of what is making you happy in life you know you might be getting great joy from your children or or great joy from you know the the things you do on the side but make sure you're getting joy from your job too because it's possible it's more than possible there are lots of happy scientists out there they're they're real they're out there in the world and and 
you know, you can look to them as mentors in, in some ways. And, and there's a little bit of that on Bite Size Bio too. You know, there's, there's definitely things on soft skills there that you can learn that, 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 uh, but you'll also read it in some of the, you know, some of the articles on Bite Size Bio, I mean, I'm not even a scientist and I've read some of them and it's amazing to me that while this person's really excited about Western blots, you know, <laughs> okay, uh, you know, it comes through. So, you know, you, you can be that person too. You can have that same kind of satisfaction. Okay, next one. All right. Another thing that matters in your career is do you like the people you're working with? The people you're working for? Do you, you know, are, are you enjoying the company you keep basically? So whether that's the person at, at you know, at the next stool or whether that's the, the you know, you're, you, the person you directly report to or it's the industry you're in or the field you're in, are they people that you like that, you know, that, and, and like comes down to what you, what you want to like about them. Do you like that they're cool? Do you like that they're smart? Do you like that they're competitive? Do you like that, that they're, you know, breaking new ground? You know, what matters to you about people? Well, then look for that group of people. And so that you can feed on that too. And you'll find often that what you like about other people is the things you like about yourself. So, um, you know, find people that have qualities you want to have. And in some cases, you'll learn from them. Some cases, you'll be mentored by them. Um, in some cases, you'll just enjoy being with them and working with them. And you'll find you can trust people that way. It's like, you know what? I'm doing a part of something here, but I know that these people have my back. And I know that that when I do my part, they're going to do their part and it's going to get taken care of. And, you know, there's some things I just didn't have to think about. I don't have to worry about the supplies are always there. The funding is always done that, you know, whatever it is that isn't yours to do, somebody's got that and you love that. And, and by the same token, they're going to love that about you. Like, you know what, if I bother to get the funding for this, I know that Sally's going to get this job done. Well, <laughs> that, that makes, that makes for a very fulfilling environment. And the environment is often the, the most important part is the people. You know, it might be the equipment, you know, equipment matters and, and, uh, and um, you know, facilities matter, but the people are the parts that matter the most. And they're the parts that are gonna have the biggest impact on whether or not you're happy as a scientist. And if you're finding yourself in this position where you're unhappy, I, I will bet you that, that one of the things you will find is that I don't like the people around me, or at least some of them. And I don't mean, don't mean that in a judgmental way, but, but meaning that, you know what, I'm not feeling it for these folks. I don't trust them. I don't feel like they care about me. I don't feel like they care about our objectives. I don't think they have the same commitment I do, you know. Well, you know, when you're feeling that kind of stuff, it's gonna be hard to be happy. So look for an environment with the right kind of people so that, so that you can be, part of that positive, that positive upward spiral that, that can be created by, by uh, dedicated people. I, I suppose there's two, um, there's two parts to this, you know, to practically managing that, um, you know, that you uh, trying to ensure that you're happy with your company stroke team talk coll colleagues. And that is being savvy. The first one of those is being savvy in the way that you choose your next position. Uh, you know, going uh, often, especially early on, uh, but often later as well, you're so grateful to get a position that you, you know, you go to, you, you're in, you interview like, uh, like 
It's just the, the boss of that or the company or the or the team evaluating you as to whether you're a fit. You have to be savvy enough to, and again, this is a whole other area, is you have to be savvy enough to um, to be effectively interviewing them too to make sure they're a fit, make sure it fit, to know what 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 sort of things you like, what you're looking for in a in a position, in a boss, in colleagues, and evaluate whether or not those um, you, you know this is a fit for you. Yeah. And uh, you know, I've definitely made that mistake in the past um, of just diving in and taking something, and then then finding it wasn't a good fit. Um, okay. And you know, and then of course it's also you know a bit like the uh, are you in the right position? Uh, you know, are you um, doing something that makes you happy? Can, you know, keeping a kind of semi regular evaluation of that. It's evaluating whether and real whether this is a good you know this place that you're in is a good fit for you the team that you're in is a good fit for you and then doing something about it if it isn't sure. I think a lot of the time we get you know there's inertia there and we don't do anything about it and just resign ourselves to being unhappy it doesn't suit anyone really it doesn't do any good for anyone that's so true well you put a you put a bow on that one all right let's move to the next slide. <laughs> Like what you're hearing? Ready to supercharge your scientific career? Discover practical advice on what it takes to be a successful scientist without sacrificing happiness. Learn the importance of meeting your human needs, identifying and unlocking your charisma factors, discovering your core mindsets, and much more. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack and get started on your journey to becoming a happier scientist today. Subscribe now and check the show notes to download. All right. So the next thing you want to be looking for opportunities to grow, you know, growth is something that, that you've actually probably put a lot of effort into already in your life. You know, nobody was, nobody came out of the womb a scientist. You had to build yourself into that. And, and you know, STEM fields are known to be difficult. So the fact is you've stood out uh, as an exceptional human being. Well, you want to stay on that. Because growth is clearly growth matters to you, or you wouldn't have bothered to be a scientist at this point. Well, keep that going in your life, and you're going to find you're a lot happier. Okay, and next point. Ultimately, you want to be fulfilled in your career. You you want to you want to find a way that you know you get you get to you know milestones in your career. You're going. You know what? This has been. This has been a life that was well lived, that I didn't waste my time. It was, I, I've, I've left a positive mark. I've, I've made a difference. So, you know, you want that. And if you're not feeling that someplace, it's time for you to reassess. You know, if you're really, because you're going to be very unhappy if you feel unfulfilled. There's a close connection between fulfillment and happiness. So look for that and it'll be obvious to you. And the next slide. This is, this is kind of an esoteric point, but are you feeling satisfied that you're making a contribution? And whether it might be a contribution to the team, it might be a contribution to your, your, your company or your university or your lab, or it might be you feel like I am making a difference for the world. I'm, I'm, and it might be a, a piece of the world. I'm helping, you know, uh, cancer survivors, or I'm helping people with diabetes, or I'm helping people that, you know, 
that are facing this problem or that problem, or I'm helping, I'm helping scientists that are trying hard to make good use of this extremely expensive piece of equipment that I understand very well. All of that makes you feel like you're contributing. And contribution is something that really matters when it comes to being happy. And for the people for whom contribution is of a, is a high value, it's critically important. Now that's, you know, it's not true of everybody. Everybody contribution is their main, their main button. But some of you, it is your main button. And you really got to make sure you're doing it because you're going to, if you're going to feel like, hey, getting a good paycheck and working with, with nice people is just not enough. I need to be making a difference in the world. And if that matters for you, make sure that you're plugging into that because it's, it's going to make a big difference. And you, and you may find too that you may feel like, you know what, I need to learn more. I need to grow more before I can contribute more. Well, that's fine. Then focus on growth, you know, <laughs> but you'll get to this point and, and it'll work out for you. It's, it's interesting because, you know, for people who haven't really listened to it, there's one of the questions we asked for the registration for this, um, uh, this live show was, uh, you know, have you listened to Happy Scientist podcast before? And uh, about half of the people uh, hadn't, uh, you know, just come to the live show first. For those people, that this maybe seems like we're spreading a very, you know, we're spreading ourselves very wide here. You know, there's a lot of stuff here to cover. There are a lot of parameters. Um, that's what this whole thing is about. This whole podcast is about uh, all the episodes. What, how many, you said 40 episodes or so, so far, and yeah. there will be more, is that we're looking at all different angles of what makes you tick and how to get the best of yourself. And this is really, really, we're kind of rolling out the base layer here in this uh, presentation where you can, uh, you know, that you would then start mapping on the techniques and ideas and approaches that we talk about in the podcast. Sure. And, and not all of these are going to hit your buttons right now, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, some of them are. And the ones that really stand out to you, those are the ones to put your focus on. And by the way, this may change over time. Over the decades, you may move from being concerned about recognition to being more concerned about contribution. And that's perfectly fine. Or in the other direction, you know, whatever it is. In the moment, you, know, you might get to a point in your career where you're feeling like, well, it's about time I got some recognition. That's cool. Whatever it is, make sure that you're getting the thing you need so that you can be happy because that's how you're going to be the best scientist you can be. If you're unhappy, you're not going to be a good scientist. So let's move on to this, this, this next section and kind of tie all this off. So the next slide is how to get what you want. So we've talked about how to be happy and what the, how various ways to look at it. How do you get there? So let's look at this now. Next slide. Now we've talked about some of this stuff already, but we're going to really dive into it here and put a bow on it, as I said. You know, first off, taking a look at the job you're doing right now, is it the right position for you? Is this making you happy? There is nothing wrong with realizing, you know what, this isn't working out for me. And it might be like, well, you know, it's paying the bills and, and it looks fine in my resume and there's all kinds of good things about it. But at the end of the day, you realize this is just what I want to be doing. And it's, and I, I need to make a change. Well, that's great. Recognize that when that happens. And by the way, that's going to happen in everybody's career. Everybody's going to get to a point when they realize it is time for me to do something different. And, you know, there's something different might be doing the exact same work at another lab, which is, which is also fine. Or it might be you completely change gears and do something different. But whatever it is, every once in a while, check in to make sure that what you're doing is making you happy. 
Next slide. Okay, so another thing that comes up for folks sometimes is, okay, I took this position and I'm here and I'm so stressed out because I really don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, you know, so you gotta ask yourself, do I know how to do what needs to be done here? Now, the answer to that might be to get happy, the answer is for me to get up to speed um, and that's fine. Or the answer might be, I need to get out of this. I am, I don't have the bandwidth to get up to speed to this. I need to be doing something different. And sometimes it might even be like, I need to be doing something simpler or something easier. There's no shame in that and recognizing I bit off more than I could chew. Because if it's making you unhappy, you're going to be bad at it. And, and if it's stressing you on top of that, oh man, you know, who needs that, right? You got a whole career ahead of you. We need you to not be ruining yourself while doing it. Okay, the next point. All right, again, we've talked about compensation, but making sure is the compensation right? We've said, we've, we've talked about various ways to look at compensation, but now it's time for you to actually do the assessment. Is what I'm doing actually paying what I want, whether that's in, in a paycheck or in, in you know, other perks that matter to me? Check in with yourself, make sure it's right for you. Okay, the next one. Are you getting proper credit? You know, you may find yourself in a situation where you're working hard and you're enjoying the work and you like the people you're working with. And at the end of the day, yours is always the last name on the paper. <laughs> you know, um, and maybe that's just how it has to be in certain settings. But in other cases, you're realizing, you know what? People are getting credit for my work and that's not going to work for me. I'm not going to be happy with that. Now, some folks, they are happy with that. They're like, you know what? I'm happy to be doing this work. I don't care who gets credit. Well, that's up to you. But make sure that when you're when you want to get credit and, and you deserve credit, I want to be clear about that, that you're getting it. Because if you're the person that's getting credit for other people's work, you're not going to be happy either. Sooner or later, you're going to feel you're not going to feel good about that. You're going to feel like a fraud. You're going to feel like you're you're stealing somebody else's thunder. And that, that doesn't make you happy either. So to be happy, you're going to you don't want to be credited for the things you're actually accomplishing. Okay, the next slide. <clears throat> so, you know, we've talked about liking the people you work with, but part of this too is, are, do you, are you proud of the people you work with? And not just the people you work with, are you proud of the company you work with? Are you proud of the industry that you're in or the, or the, the field that you're in? You know, those things matter. And, and, you know, sometimes we think of the word pride as a, as a really negative thing, you know, um, but I'm not talking about pridefulness in a, in a you know, lacking humility kind of way. What I'm talking about is where we feel good about the associations that we have. And, and that we, like, we, we like the idea that somebody would, would go, oh, you work for this company, good for you, or this, this university, or, or, oh, you work with this person who's highly regarded, or, or that person, you know, where you feel good about that, as opposed to, oh, you work for those scumbags. You know, <laughs> you know, we don't want that in, in our lives or we'd feel that way. Now, and again, I'm not making any value judgments about any kind of company or industry or, or anybody out there for anyone else. You may feel just perfectly fine being associated with, with that tobacco company. Well, if that works for you, power to you. You know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you didn't choose the slide with oil and gas on it, mind you. <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> I did not choose that. <laughs> I'll have to bring Connor and he's the graphics guy. 
Yeah. <laughs> that one got past me. Well, and again, I do want to point that out, but this is the point. You might be proud of that because here's the fact. The fact is that if it hadn't been for the petroleum industry, we would not have the society we have today. It's been tremendously helpful. Now, I realize there's some people that are you know, very upset about <laughs> its impact on the ecology and all that, but it's made a big difference too. So, you know, I, I'm not telling you to, to, to cherry pick where you, you look for what's good and bad. You know, you choose your own values there, but, but you know, we can see that there have been benefits. You know, there's some people that are really down on Western medicine, but the fact is it's done a lot of good. Some people are down on, on pharmacology, but the fact is it's done a lot of good. We can't, you know, we can't necessarily make things so black and white, but it, it does matter. Ultimately, you know, you're the one who puts your head on the pillow at the end of the day. You're the one that's got to sleep at night. And so make sure you can make sure it feels good to you. Okay. Next slide. Okay, so I mentioned earlier, boy, oh boy, you are not done learning. You might think, well, I got the PhD, I'm done. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> You're going to keep learning for the rest of your career, and so you want to keep going with that. I was, I was having a, a little chat with my physical therapist, and, and again, I won't, I won't beat on this. You know, I had a stroke last year, and so I'm recovering from that. My physical therapist, of course, physical therapist has to have a PhD. I didn't know that until I needed one. Um, so she's got a PhD in physical therapy and she's going to go back and get a postdoc in GAIT, G-A-I-T. That is the way you take a step. A whole postdoc on how to take a step. <laughs> you know, there's a lot more to be learned, I guess is my point. And I'm sure that there's things going on here, you know, in, in your world that Again, for me, looking from the outside in, I might think, wow, that is so esoteric. That is so, so granular. But you realize, you know, it's like looking in a microscope at a, at a drop of water and you realize there's a whole world in there. there. There's a lot to be learned. So don't, don't stop learning. Learning is life and, and you're going to enjoy it for the rest of your life and you will be unhappy if you don't keep learning. Okay, next slide. Oh yeah, build your resume. This is still a job. This is still a career, and that stuff matters. So you know, make sure that your resume looks good because you don't know when things are going to change. Funding sources dry up. There are personnel changes. Things happen, and and that's normal. You know, you're you're you know, even though I mentioned earlier on, maybe you're somebody who's driven by by security, and you wish you could just take one job and retire with a gold watch at 65. That's probably not going to happen. So make sure that your resume keeps being built so that you can move to the next step with a minimum of fuss and, and suffering and, and can continue to make um, upward choices in your career that'll, that'll give you these other things that we've been talking about that can make you happy. Okay, the next one. Ah, yes. <laughs> the opportunity to change the world. Uh, you, don't, you may not realize how, how fortunate you are. There are many industries where it's not in the realm of the possibility. Nobody's going to change the world in breakfast cereal. It ain't going to happen. You know, <laughs> um, whereas in, in your fields, there are many opportunities where you could actually do something that will alter the course of mankind. That is just awesome to contemplate. You know, granted, maybe you won't do that. Maybe you won't explicitly be that. Maybe you won't be that Nobel Prize winner. 
but you know what, you can play a part and you can do things that matter and be, are supportive of those who will make those changes and will be the, you know, part of the building blocks that they stand on to, to make those changes. And you get to be a part of it. And, and there are many people that are toiling away in this world that don't have any, any dream of a possibility that they're making a difference in the world, but you have that. So by, by all means, trade on that. Okay, and next point. Well, I guess the final point. Ultimately, you have to make the choice to be a happy scientist. You know, we've talked all about all these things that you could do or might do and that others are doing, but that doesn't impact you. It's you. Are you going to do what it takes to be happy? Are you going to make the choices? Are you going to make the changes if necessary? Are you going to learn the things that need to be learned? Are you going to choose the associates that you're going to need to work with? It's up to you. You know, we're here to help you with this and we want to help you with this. And that's why we have the Happy Scientist podcast. And that's why we've recommended, you know, please listen to episodes one through nine. They are foundational. They are the things that are going to help you be a happy scientist. And we want to help you. And it's right there. All you got to do, all you got to do is listen. <laughs> so that's it. Anything else for you to add, Nick? Sure. I would just say, you know, echo, you know, I mentioned Ken was, um, you know, was the Yoda here, right? Uh, you go back to episodes one to nine from of the podcast and they're a bit dense. You know, Yoda sometimes takes you an hour to figure out one sentence that he <laughs> said. It can be a bit like that, not quite as bad as that, but those one to nine episodes are a bit dense, but they're really worth it. It's complex to find out how, you know, to, to absorb um, all these ideas about, uh, you know, what makes you tick, what makes you happy. Uh, what can you do for yourself um, and, uh, you know, to make things better for yourself and other people around you. Um, and so it's worth the time investment of trying to, to digest them. Um, and again, that's what we'll keep exploring in these episodes is, uh, is different angles on that. And sometimes it's just that kind of repetition, that kind of just committing to yourself um, that, you know, to keep exploring yourself and what makes you tick. Um, that that really yields you the results. It certainly it certainly helped me a lot in my life and a lot of people I know um, sure. who've worked with Ken. Um, we, so again, this is live. So if you want to type your questions into the questions box, um, any burning questions, then uh, please do so. And we're there. We we will look at them. We do have a few in at the moment. Uh, let's see. Uh, I want to contribute. Here's one for you, Ken. Mm -hmm. I want to contribute to science, to science, but it's a stressful job, so I find it difficult to be happy. So what does that person do? Uh, okay. Well, I guess it really comes down to what is, what is it about it that's stressful? Because there's a couple different paths it could be. It could be that it's intellectually demanding and you're, you know, you're working at your limit. Well, okay, perhaps... The ta you know the type of task you're doing right now is it's a little too taxing for you and maybe you should maybe you should focus on doing something slightly different and maybe you could just ask for different assignments you may not even have to change jobs it's just like you know this particular thing i'm working on is just too much for me i or or maybe you need help maybe you need an assistant maybe you need to have a you know a a graduate student assigned to you maybe you know there there are ways to get some relief to take some of the, that stress out of it. Because I want to differentiate between stress and pressure. Um, you know, pressure is, 
It's just, you know, something's pushing on something. Nothing wrong with that. And in fact, we use pressure all the time in, in ways that we find pleasurable. You know, <laughs> I won't go into detail, <laughs> but uh, the point is, is that stress is our, what we think about the pressure. It's, a, it's how we're reacting to it. It's, and it's a choice. It's like the difference between pain and suffering. You know, just pain may be unavoidable, but suffering is absolutely a choice. Suffering is our attitude about the pain. So that's take a, a good one to think about. That is a good one to think about. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Get your head around it. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and, and don't, I want to be clear too. I am not in any way denigrating anybody. If you're feeling stressed, I'm not saying you're wrong. If that's what you're experiencing, you're experiencing that. Well, stress is bad. Stress will hurt you. <laughs> I mean, it'll physically hurt you. It's an, it's not good for you. So stress is something worth avoiding. And sometimes it does mean making a radical change. Maybe, maybe that's just not for you. And by the way, not everybody can be a happy scientist. Some people will never be happy as long as they're a scientist. Well, for those folks, maybe you do need to do something different, but that's not true for most of you. Most of you can find a way that, that where you can mitigate that stress and get it reduced to only being pressure and being manageable pressure. And, and that way you can still be happy and still enjoy what you're doing for a career. Cool. So here's another one. Well, this is not a question, but I'm going to say this one because Ken, this gives you the reason why you do this. This, this rewards the reason why you, or fulfills the reason why you do this. So uh, this person is saying, no question, but I just wanted to thank you for helping me cope in this past year plus. I went from being disgruntled and burnt out to finding what I like about my job. And I just got promoted to lab supervisor, which is challenging, but very rewarding. Awesome. Very rewarding for you, that, that and me. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, I, I was listening to a, a different podcast for my own edification the other day. It was uh, one psychologist interviewing another psychologist. And, and they were talking about how, how hard it is to give advice to people and how how difficult it is for people to receive that, but that the most rewarding thing that you can do in your life is to mentor someone else, especially someone who's got potential, who is not, who is not yet acting on it. So when you see somebody who can actually move up because, because you offered them some, some advice that they found valuable, that's awesome. And by the way, you scientists, another way you can be happy is mentoring others. You got other people around you. If you can help them be happy scientists, you may find that helps you too. Yeah, a lot of what, we're, what what this is all about is just realizing this is a possibility. I know that in my peers, it was all kind of like, this is the, this is the package, um, just get on with it, you know? Um, so uh, anyway. That reminds me of a Doonesbury cartoon from way back in the day, back when, when it was still in the Harvard Review. I mean, we're talking about when it was a college cartoon. And, and there were two college students, roommates, they were just, you know, new roommates, didn't know each other yet. And so the one guy asked the other guy so so what are you doing you're like, i'm pre-med and you're like well how's that going for you and he's going and the guy just turns up just whips around and turns on and says look life is a serious savage business and i'm just trying to get on with it before it turns on me and tears me to pieces <laughs> exactly like, oh, <laughs> and I, I wonder how many scientists think like that <laughs> i think a lot of people do in general and yeah it's, uh... okay so more questions. So I feel like all of the things you mentioned are open questions for me. So many things to keep my eyes on. Where do I start? <laughs> well, okay. First off, 
there, there's no wrong answer to that question. Where you start is the first thing that pops into mind. If it's whatever's for, freely available to you, if there's something that's easy to solve, solve it. Just do it first. Do the easy stuff first. It's okay. <laughs> On the other hand, if something's really important to you, if you want to start with that, start with that. You know, just whatever feels comfortable for you. And it doesn't really matter what you do. Everything you do will take you closer to where you want to be. So even if you all you did was the low-hanging fruit and you look back at it and you thought, I'm being lazy, fine. Be, be actively lazy as long as you're doing something. Yeah, interesting. I, I, I guess my sort of view on that is that you're, you've actually taken the first step because you've realized, realized that there are things you can do, even though then it looks yeah. like a big to-do list. You've actually realized, and that puts you ahead of most people who don't realize, who just get on with it and don't realize yeah, that's, it. That's a great point. Yeah, right. a, uh, okay, what else do we have here? Um, I'm not particularly happy in my job, but it is a stepping stone. Is it okay to accept being happy in the future? I will say a conditional yes, because <laughs> do you have an end, end point in mind? Is it like, is it just, oh, well, one day I'll get to the pot at the end of the rainbow? Or is it like, I'm going to suck this up for the next year and then I'm moving on? That That's fine. If, if you have a plan and working hard right now is part of the plan, that's cool. But if it's just like, well, I hope one day it's going to work out, that's not cool. You get, you got to get more specific at that point. I, I would say as well, um, you know, that it's a bit of a red flag being not particularly happy in the job because maybe you don't enjoy the job itself, but you can still be create happiness for yourself within it. And 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 I was going to say out with, I'm not let's say that word because it's not a real word apparently. <laughs> um, it's a Scottish word. Um, and, uh, but anyway, you can create happiness for yourself outside of the job. Um, and that's that, I think that's a place where, you know, people get caught in the meat grinder of a difficult situation of a, it was like what you're talking about earlier about a pressured situation. Mm -hmm. Um, people get caught in that meat grinder because they don't give themselves space, um, to, to unwind and relax and to kind of recenter themselves. And they just get caught in the drama of the whole this is a this is a pressure situation um i know that i did um back yeah, in the day some people will get caught up in the idea that you know i deserve what's happening to me right now yeah and it, because you know it's about a, it's a totally different thing you know it's it's not about really about the job or really about about career advancement they're they're feeling like i deserve to suffer right now yeah. boy that is a that is a bad place to live even and something as simple though kind of as taking a you know, taking two minutes to yourself to just, just relax, just yeah. take two minutes for yourself, regardless of how close your eyes, do nothing for two minutes. If you get into the habit of doing that, you, you're, you're, you get into the habit of, you know, just having micro decompressions in your, you know, in, in your schedule and your as a habit. And, um, you know, that's the sort of thing that can, you know, tiny things that you can do that would just, um, that'll just help you to to grab grab happiness even in a pressured situation and not just succumb to the the drama of the overall situation sure and some of you are thinking i i can't do that i cannot take two minutes for myself well that ought to be a warning flag to you take others seconds. Are look at that what's that <laughs> take 30 seconds <laughs> yeah oh, there you go others you're gonna look at it and go ah that's really funny uh, 
but they won't do it. Well, if you're unwilling to do it, get to ask yourself why. Why am I afraid to take two minutes for myself? You know, so you know it's worth self-examination. And you know, self-examination is frequently worth it as long as you're not getting obsessive about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. We have another uh, another nice comment. Uh, just to thank you guys for the last year, I've been listening to you and every episode. You and in every episode helped me to return from maternity to a demanding pace in the lab. Thank you for the work that you've done and. Um, and thank you for helping me to get my work, work life ba balance back and be a happy scientist. Awesome. We'll go again. Neither okay. Nick nor I can, can personally relate to that. <laughs> I, I, well, I've been on paternity leave. <laughs> a little it's different. not the same thing. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, I, mean, I guess the, my, my, my point, though, is that, that everybody's leading their own lives, you know, and, and some people are having, having, they're facing challenges that others can't even understand yep. but you know what we can understand that people have challenges and we can care about that and i know i care about it <laughs> and i want you all to be happy okay a couple of questions about compensation ken or the compensation okay. aspect of it i'm a phd student and i'm often disgruntled by the fact that intellectuals in science the phds and the postdocs will always be compensated less than the people in IT, the corporate world who may not be intellectually on par with people in science. In science, How do I come to terms with this and be happy about whatever compensation I'll receive in the future? Okay. <clears throat> First off, you've, you've made a, a judgment about how the world is structured. And you've decided that something is wrong with the way things are structured. Is that the important part? Or is the important part recognizing how the world is structured? Seeing what's there is critically important in science. Why would you think it's not important in compensation or in life in general? So, all right, you've seen how it is. So now you, the question will be, well, how do I take advantage of that if I can, or how do I how do I protect myself against it if it's a, a you know, it's a perpetual problem? Because there are answers to those questions. You know, if you get stuck on, it's unfair and I don't like it, you'll never move to, yeah, but what am I going to do about it? So if you can get past the judgment part of it to look at, all right, well, then in this, in this environment, how will I choose to be? And, and then you can make the choices you want to make. Yeah, interesting. I, for me, the big red flag there is don't is comparing yourself. I understand where that's coming from, but it's always a killer comparing yourself, your situation to someone else's or what you think someone else's is because you don't know the the whole ins and outs. I, for example, in that statement, I know for a fact that there's people in IT that are paid terribly, and I know scientists that are paid very well. You know, it's a question of what path do you take. You can't make that generalization. Um, and for me, the, the path, you know, you're a PC student, you're early on in your career, is if that is what will make you happy, the compensation, then as Ken says, then, then think about what you're going to do about it. Look around and see how do people make money here in this, um, in this environment. And, uh, you know, if that's what rewards you, um, if that's what you find the most rewarding uh, or a, a, a driver, have a look around. And again, uh, I would say, 
um, things like being very specialised in a uh, or ve becoming very expert in a in a uh, you know you know the, the you become become a kind of consultant level expert in in a technical side the technical area and that get that spins off lots of opportunities for you just for example um, you know and then there's the whole business side of it if if you're interested in starting a company and, and whatnot but even if you're interested in staying in academia depending on what you do depending on the choices the the, the path choices you make you can you know have you know have a good academic salary plus consultancy if that is what you're interested yeah. in there are plenty of multi-million dollar professors out there so this yeah. idea oh, there's no opportunity it's just not true it, it is a common myth though and and that's you know that thing about uh just believing what is in the ether around you uh, just it doesn't have to be like that for you you can you can make another choice that well other people can do have done you know done it in a different way have sort of busted that myth just to, just so I, I can do that too i remember uh, we I, I live in scotland and you know the biotech industry here is not particularly well developed uh, when i graduated the the whole um idea was you know the whole prevailing myth was that it was very difficult to get a job in industry and i didn't find it difficult to get a job in industry and i'm not didn't profess to be a particularly great scientist uh, at the bench and it wasn't difficult at all i just because i just went for it um and i don't know whether that's other people's experience but it was mine um but i find well, yeah because you know it uh, didn't matter if there weren't a lot of jobs you only needed one yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the thing it's kind of just be, care be careful you don't box yourself in with that myth right. have look for the opportunities for if you want um compensation to be higher look for ways in which that can be done right and Plenty don't of... get caught up in something that's in the zeitgeist these days yeah. this idea of victimhood oh poor me i don't have the opportunity other people have because i'm in the suppressed class <laughs> golly it's so self-destructive you know realize that you're in a class of you there's nobody like you you're the you're you're the best version of you that's ever been <laughs> so you know take advantage of that yeah okay <laughs> here's a counterpoint <laughs> my favorite things about being a scientist are the joy of exploring i take it that's in the technical you know exploring via research mm -hmm. and of course going abroad to, abroad to conferences it's mm -hmm. not all about the paycheck I guess that that's not just an uh, that's not to uh it's not it's a counterpoint in that this is just a person who has a different a different thing a different driver yeah living um, their, their best life power to them yeah and and so but it's interesting because it doesn't you know it's just to underline that because you see someone around you, people around you who are not interested in the money uh but you are then uh you know it doesn't matter it's just different it's just different drivers different mindsets and vice versa so yeah live and let live and all that hmm. um okay one more hmm. uh my supervisor is very difficult to deal with i want to improve my skills but she doesn't give me the space to do so i take it that's kind of an overbearing kind of supervisor what would you advise there Okay. All right. Well, first thing, presuming that you want to stay in this position and you like the job you're doing and the people you're with, other than maybe your supervisor, start putting, looking at what's, what matters to my supervisor? 
you know, I have certain things that I care about that make me happy. What makes this person tick? What makes them happy? What would they like? So many times we're finding we're having we're having stress with somebody so that we we don't bother to do things for them. We don't bother to do things that would satisfy them or make them happy because we feel like why bother? Because they won't do it back for me. Well, how do you know? Have you given them a chance? Maybe if you do a little going first, you'll find that that person will stretch a little. Because people will do this. They're like, you know, I never asked for time off and I asked for time off and they said no. Yes, but when have you ever stayed for overtime when they asked? When did, did you go first? You know, so if you're like, you know, I know I'm going to want time off for a vacation next year. Maybe it's time to start doing some things now so that when the time comes to ask for that, I go, you know, I did this, this, and this for you. I wonder if you could do this for me. Because then it's obvious. So make sure that you're doing for your supervisor. Now it's possible that this person is just, you know, you have done for them and you've been fair and, and they just don't recognize what you do. Well, that happens sometimes. And, and maybe that's the case where you have to decide, you know what, I need to find a better boss. And maybe it's, maybe it's a change within the same lab or within the same company or the same university. Or maybe it's to do something totally different. But, you know, look, look first, is there anything else I can do to make the relationship between me and my boss better? Start there. And after you've exhausted that, then look at other opportunities if need be. So uh, it just occurs to me, Ken, that there's a kind of, right, here's an, an analogy to look at. Is that, right, so say you wanted to be in the, you wanted to be a Navy SEAL, right? That's what you wanted to be. Mm -hmm. and you're doing the training you're not going to think you, you, you know your boss your boss there is not there to give you a good time right right is there to push you to the limit and is there to challenge you and and so on so that's a that's a situation where you're not necessarily going to be happy in the moment but you're but you are aiming for a bigger goal and you're allowing that person to shape you does that map on here at all to that to this person's situation? Oh, it surely can. Maybe maybe someone's not appreciating the mentoring they're getting, uh, and they don't like that they're being pushed. Mm. You gotta you gotta ask yourself: Do you want a boss that never challenges you, that never never pushes you to get better or to do more? You know, that's not much of a boss, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and it's easy to take. I, I just I've never thought of it from this angle before. Because I, again, I had some experiences that were kind of like that, and um, and I just thought it was something that happened to me. But actually, just thinking there was actually maybe it was me resisting the mentoring that I was getting was part of the problem. It doesn't mean that that, that you know that's always the case, but right. it's 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 is there a if I choose do what this person is asking or is demanding of me will it shape me to be to become the person i want or to improve or in the direction i want or something like that yeah um, well yeah. i mean human interaction is always complicated and it's easy for us to get focused only on the details that make us look good yeah so you know they're a monster well maybe this one thing is pushy but that's not the whole of what they are yeah. you know so we got to be fair when we how we're assessing others also mm. that's interesting Okay, so we've reached the end of the questions that came in there. Um, if you have any more questions that occur to you over the time, you can always uh, drop me an email and um, I'm, uh, or drop us an email 
Uh, I'm nick at bitesizebio.com and Ken is kenneth at bitesizebio.com. Uh, we're happy to answer your questions. Mm -hmm. um, also, be sure to, if you didn't check it already, have a look at the downloads page that is, uh, you know, that is linked to from, um, you know, below the questions box on your screen. Uh, if you're watching this on demand, we will uh, include the link to the downloads page in the on-demand video as well. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff in there. Some of it you might have seen already, some of it you won't have. And as I mentioned earlier, the very rare Happy Scientist t-shirt up for grabs <laughs> in the competition. Um, so what else was I going to say? Yeah, okay, if you haven't done so already, you can check out all of the Happy Scientist episodes so far at bitesizebio.com forward slash the happy scientist, all one word. And we'd really like to to, uh, to see you and to hear from you and in the Happy Scientist Club at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the happy scientist club. And uh, yeah, you can ask us questions there as well, if you like, or contact us and, and so on. So that brings us to the end of the episode. Anything more do you'd like to say, Ken? That'll do it for me. <laughs> okay thank you to everyone who uh who tuned in to listen either live or on demand and uh, we will see you again for the next installment uh in this series which is happening next wednesday thank you <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was one of those moments. Oh, it's happening. I'm not sure when it's happening. It's Wednesday, the 2nd of, uh, of September. 1st of September, which is... Oh, oh, yeah, I can't look at a calendar. Wednesday, the 1st of September. So we'll hopefully see you then. And until then, goodbye from myself and Ken and all of us at Bite Size Bio. Bye-bye. Scientist is brought to you by Bite Size Bio, your mentor in the lab. Bite Size Bio features thousands of articles and webinars contributed by hundreds of PhD scientists and scientific companies who freely offer their hard-won wisdom and solutions to the Bite Size Bio community. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to keep learning practical tips on being a happy and successful scientist, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack today. And together, let's reignite that passion for science that first got you into the lab. Remember, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. So hit that subscribe button now and check the show notes to download.